0: Zach, please, is obviously going to be the worst pitcher ever. And uh, Mike Preeze is going to win MVP, and he is going to turn to Aaron Judge because that's how things work the first two days of spring training, right? This is Locked On Guardians.
1: You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Jeff and Justin. You can figure out who is who. Uh, We want to thank you for being part of Lockdown Guardians team and checking us out. Uh, We have you covered, your team covered every day. I also want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen, wherever it is you get podcasts. And we have the third co-host, the Mad Smacker, is hanging out down here as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, just keep your eyes peeled. Who knows what's coming uh, speaking of things that are coming up or have been in the past, we did want to give some quick alerts that uh, Justin and I are in demand, uh, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> we are we are oh boy people on the prep, wanted, I don't know. I'm giving this up. Uh, I was on 97.1 The Shark, I believe, on Sundays. Mark, or 97.1 The Fan with The Shark, Mark Howell. Uh, that's going to be a semi-regular segment. If you listen to it in the fall, you heard me hop on there a few times. I'm going to be uh, even more interactive with him. He's letting me pick some ideas and throw to him. Uh, talking a little bit about Ohio State as well as uh, the Cleveland Guardians will be the main focus, but you can hear me down there on the radio. Uh, Justin's had multiple appearances, though, speaking of in-demand.
0: <laughs> uh, I was on last week with the, the Big Play Reflog show. That was a lot of fun. was in studio with those guys uh, chopping it up. Those guys were hilarious and just a really comfortable vibe down at the Burke Lake Run Airport, if you Port Airport. Uh, really nice little vibe there. And then Friday I was on with the guys over at the – ultimate Cleveland sports show and uh, hope to be on in studio with both of them at some point uh, throughout the year.
1: Yes. Uh, You know, they are, when we go into our little metrics, uh, some behind baseball, if you look at like the 20 shows that uh, our fans most watch, it's all ultimate Cleveland sports shows. So uh, we know that that is already a place that many of you are watching. So um, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. And appreciate that. Those who watch both. Uh, so let's talk a little bit. Baseball is back. Uh, I, I, stood up with my promise. I didn't watch any of, uh, sprint training. Cause I hate it with fiery passion of a thousand sons. Um, it is not uh, for me. It's not, it's not real baseball. It is what this is, is modified. How dare you? it is not, it you? is not real baseball. This is modified workouts. This is guys getting in shape. It's working on pitches. It's nothing about it is anything other than you are watching them do, jazzercise and size but with against another team this is just guys working out right now and uh my the other co-host down here does not agree with me she's with you um that's right but uh yeah no uh we we got to see some you know players perform and you know it was a uh, sweat yep and uh sorry no she's doing the growl now i'm gonna get smacked any moment now apparently something about this camera brings out the worst of my cat but um yeah she's smacking
0: you for not liking spring training baseball that is, it is. what it's for how this dare 100% you
1: 100
0: what it is um hey yeah. i i turned the tv on at three o'clock both days i got my grocery shopping done on saturday because in the morning because i wanted to be home in time to turn the game on There is something very comforting. This is why this is one of the reasons I like baseball in general. There is something very comforting at 105, at 605, at 705, 305, whatever it is. That baseball's on TV. You turn your TV on, although for some people not so much. We can address that at some point. But um, you're supposed to be able to turn your TV on and baseball supposed to be there. There is something very comforting about that schedule. And uh, I always that's why I always enjoy. So have me able to just turn the TV on and watch baseball at three o'clock or one o'clock is, is always welcome here. Just saying.
1: Yes. Um, so it was a relatively quiet weekend for baseball in general, but one of the things of course was like the fact that a game ended due to the pitch clock and some of the chaos around baseball. Uh, you know, an interesting take in all of this is that I, I'm sorry, I'm just totally going to get smacked here. It's just a matter of time. Uh, <laughs> she's looking, she's staring. It's, it's a dead on look. Yeah. Um, that Cleveland has an advantage cause they are so super young. It's like, outside of maybe like five guys on this projected 26-man roster, everyone else came up through the minors with pitch clocks, um, with not necessarily – I don't think they – I'm sure they tested out bigger bases than the minors. I don't really remember it. But with a lot of these things already in place, so is it, in a way, Cleveland has an advantage. If most of their guys have been through this. I think it could actually be a huge advantage for them moving forward. Um, it felt like it wasn't that chaotic, but we did have the the big story with – was it like – Boston and uh, Atlanta, where a game ended due to the pitch clock, which, you know, then generate all sorts of stuff. My hot take is, again, I think the new rules are going to benefit the Guardians. One, they're used to pitch clocks. And two, this is a young team built for speed. And the new rules are all about speed.
0: Yeah, I'm not really all that worried. I'm trying to look up something here real quick, too, for for pitching at some point. But um, I I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. A, you know, we thought the Boston player who – um, had the game end on the pitch clock thing? I don't. I, I think by the end of the year, I know some people are upset about it now. I don't think it'll be that big of a year, or big of a deal by the end of the year. People will settle in. I didn't even notice this that much in in Cleveland in the minor leagues last year. At any point, like there were some pitchers who're like, "Yeah, don't really love this," or had to get used to it. It'll be fine when these guys get used to this kind of stuff every day. I would imagine by like May or June people are not going to notice the difference in the minor leagues. Other than the games ending a little bit faster, I didn't notice a difference in quality or anything else. And it'll be, it'll be just fine. I think you're right. Cleveland has maybe has an advantage because a lot of these guys have played in triple a over the last year, like Steven Kwan and Jose Ramirez and like Shane Bieber and, and some of those other guys, you know, have not played in the minors in the last year or so. So it might be tougher for them. I think the guys that, that you think would make the most sense that would have the hardest time with it are gonna be the two guys we've talked about. A is, is James Karen check who we'll talk about.
1: But he has uh, done the a sec-
0: pitch clock for what, like
1: three years now in the minors parts of
0: yeah. I mean three he's years. had rehab time, things but like that. But even like so in has... double A, he had the pitch clock
1: in double A during his breakout year. Like it was already Did that he? Was, yeah, that was in was double A. There? a. There? Wow. because yeah, I, I was there, so I remember that. Okay. And wow. I could say I, I had my that. exposure to the pitch clock with with him down there um because i remember talking to someone and I'm like he's very idiosyncratic he has a very mm. distinct approach which true true statements
0: yeah we'll talk about that in a little bit too the other guy surprised me too i never thought about this but evaniel class um 22 seconds between pitches last year that is 26 slow <laughs> it, in baseball last season so he is only a couple seconds faster than um 22, yeah, a couple seconds faster than James Jack James Jack was 22-8, and Class A, oh, 22-8, so they're the same. You don't think of Emmanuel Class A as a guy that takes a lot of time to throw a pitch, do you? No. Yeah, yeah. well, he was, was slow as slow 99's as 99's the- got
1: the moving pieces, you tend to think he takes forever.
0: Right, so, actually, they were equal last year, yeah, so surprisingly, Class A takes a long time, and, and here's the only issue with that is, um and I'm, I'm going to bring up another point, too, that I saw about this in a second, but this is some of those guys do that because it's an injury thing. Like, you know, you get more time between pitches, not to slow the game down, but to be able to give yourself the ability to throw as hard as you can, right? Like you want to go out there and build yourself back up and take advantage of your, your, your strength and and blow it all out for an inning as a reliever, especially. So that's one reason to take it long between, between pitches. So we'll see what the effect of that is on, on class a I also saw an interesting comment from uh, Kyle Tucker from the, the Astros um so the pitchers are the best in the world and you're giving them more of an advantage because you have to rush them uh you have to rush in the box and it takes away some of your thought process that goes into hitting I didn't think about it from a hitter standpoint I kind of thought as a hitter it might be better but Kyle Tucker seems to think that it takes hitters out of their rhythm in terms of being able to hit and think they're in a bat I would think that well I guess everybody's different what was the uh the Bull Durham line don't think it's bad for the ball club um Hitters having less to think about during a bat and just reacting, you think might be a good thing. But some hitters are saying they don't necessarily like being rushed um, into their at bats. But I, I thought it was going to be more of an advantage for pitchers overall. Well, I guess we'll see. But um, it was an interesting, interesting thought.
1: Definitely. You know, we will get into these games here in a moment. Uh, I know you're saying you didn't watch them. How are you gonna get into them? Well, we'll still get into them. Justin watched all of them. I I took I on did, the team. I watched I did, did some uh, I did some box score stuff. I also kind of have some general spring training thoughts. Uh you know, no one actually weighed in on our thoughts. I will say that, uh, from Friday show. But uh, we will get into that after we talk about my dear friends over at builtbar.com. And it's it's not just an ad read, these are dear friends, and I say that because uh this is one of the few companies that i have allowed to send me text alerts for when a new item comes i love built bar it is i'm not big on protein bars but this is the one i go to this is the one that i use the one that i order the one that i enjoy right now i do recommend the grasshopper cookie from their limited supply and sometimes like right now when they have 15 percent off the website you can then get an additional 15 percent off when you remember that promo code lock 15. And if you're like, well, I don't really want to wait and de- deal with shipping and handling, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section and buy yourself some built Bars. Uh, you won't regret it. I have yet to have anyone contact me angry about having tried some built Bars over the years. Uh, I have had friends and family that turns out were already eating Bilt Bar because they'd found them on their own. So go to BiltBar.com today, use the promo code LOCK15 or head to Sam's Club or Walmart. You won't regret it. BiltBar.com. It'll make your tummy happy.
0: All right, well, I told Jeff I took one for the team, and I watched every inning of the first two spring training games for the Guardians. I even watched some other spring training games. I watched some college baseball. I had TV, I had baseball on my TV all weekend long, and it was a very pleasant experience. So uh, for those of you who didn't have the chance to watch or if you're having TV issues like a lot of other people are too or worry about that kind of stuff. Or if uh, you're like me
1: and you have little ones, and it's like leaving the TV yeah. on. It's just you know a family choice you make to not
0: have it on with – yeah with multiple kids under five. I, I did it for everybody. I did it for the good of the team. Really? I, I didn't want to do it, but I, I did because I think everybody needed someone to do it for them. So I took time out of my day to do it. So first takeaway here, don't overreact. Don't be that guy. Uh, everybody's going to say Zack, please, Zach Polisak is the worst starter ever. And he's carrying it over from last year. He still stinks. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. If you, if you are going to overreact to one spring training, start, uh six months or four months, however long it's been since the last guy time the guy made a start or whoever. And this is this goes both ways. If the guy goes out there and throws, you know, two perfect innings and maybe, if he has two two immaculate innings, he throws you know 18 pitches, 18 strikes, and looks great. Don't take that for anything either. It's spring training. Just enjoy baseball being back on TV and enjoy the stupid things that come along with spring training, like weird stories and weird things happening and seeing random prospects or guys you didn't even know. Like I was watching the game today. I didn't know Clint Frazier was on the Rangers. Had no idea. I keep up with baseball pretty, pretty closely. Did not know Clint Frazier's on the Rangers. So that Don't was great. Cool. He won't be long. By the way, Jeff, um, you know it's been 10 years since Clint Frazier was Cleveland's fifth overall pick in 2013, 10 years. Yeah. I mean, almost Hepbridge farm remembers almost 10 years. It's, it's well, it's going on, yeah. You know, it's uh that
1: was and that was a crazy draft too. Just to get off topic, but like because that's the you know the last big splash in free agency. So they gave up a pick for Bourne and a pick for Swisher, and then came back
0: with Dice Kime and a weird draft.
1: Weird, yeah. Draft. Somebody
0: uh, I tweeted that today, and someone asked me though because who else was taken in that draft? I looked Kyle at Kyle and Adam. Well, Crockett. he meant oh, like in mean? the first round, and I um, went back and I was like, well, J.P. there was Crawford, Hunter, Aaron Judge. You know, yeah, I said there was Hunter Renfro. Um, There was somebody else. Chris Bryant was ahead of them. I said, oh, there was this guy named Aaron Judge who went later in the first round. With the pick the Cleveland, they got from Cleveland, not from Cleveland, but because Cleveland signed Nick Swisher. Now,
1: (laughs) at the same time, what I will say is this. I had Aaron Judge 21st on my board that year, I believe, and I was far and away the highest on him. Uh, This isn't as a bragging point. My analysis was like, if you you could find my big board, it was like four sentences. This was in my early days. Well, I mean, the next year I had a national gig, but it was it was not, you know, when I'm getting paid to write. It was still a hobby position. And I put him there because he had good performance, but everyone was afraid of his size. But, like, nobody thought. I mean, the Yankees didn't even – they had three first-rounders that year. I think Eric Jogalow, the third baseman from Notre Dame, they took one pick before.
0: I think and he's Ian, coaching now.
1: Yeah. Who, Dyla, yeah. Who they flipped in the Chapman deal. And then Ian Clark, oh, yeah. who then it came out with, like, had, like, been a, a Yankee hater. Uh, so, oh, But, wow. like, yeah, I mean, it – uh, you can't get mad about that. Like they were rumored to be all over uh, Colin Moran. And it wasn't so much their rumor to be all over him as much as no one believed they would go prep again. Like they had been so conservative. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Hey, it could be worse. Boston took Trey ball, Paul Trey ball. And that is far and away Ooh. the first pick in the first round. That wouldn't, that is, that's the one that went.
0: Well, really I told, I, I told the guy too. I said, you know, the Clint Frazier pick may not have worked out for Clint Frazier, but it worked out for Cleveland because they were able to swap him for Andrew yeah. Miller. So, that Worked out for them how they need, however, oh, it's not like, roundabout way.
1: And if they had drafted Austin Meadows, who's the other like prep guy to consider, like those yeah. the dual, it's like Meadows has had what one and a half good years, two good years, like it, it's not like he's been a dynamo,
0: right? Yeah, so it could have gone worse. The other yeah. reaction from, from spring training was okay, so you saw other clubs had a couple of uh, pitch clock violations, and people are like, oh, the pitch clock's so invasive, and all uh. We already talked. I, I, I'll address that again later. I think it's not a big deal. But James Karinczak did have the one and only pitch clock violation I saw. I, maybe there was another one, but I think that's all I saw. But it wasn't all his fault. He got – he asked for a new baseball from the umpire. He got one that's supposed to reset the clock. It did not. And he was like a second away from getting ready in his windup anyway. So he was close. Um, I'm not going to even get into his box score or however he pitched because it doesn't matter. He did come back to strike that guy out, by the way that uh he did get the automatic ball called on him for the the pitch clock violation but i did notice karen shack still went through his his normal routine of flipping the ball from his hand to his glove he didn't touch his hair a ton he did like once or twice that i saw like i'm not trying to read into this too much but um overall he was fine and he pitched well he got a couple strikeouts yada yada um so you know only one of those things happened and it really wasn't totally his fault the pitch clock is supposed to reset if he asks for a new baseball i wonder if um if that's like a little loophole, you know how often pitchers ask for a new baseball, because obviously we know Major League Baseball has a hard time giving consistent baseballs to their to the, for the games uh, from day to day, and some of them have less grip than, than others for pitchers. I wonder if the inefficiency that can be exploited is asking for a new baseball because the pitcher. I think they've limited.
1: it. I think they've said there's only so many times you can ask
0: for. Well, I, yeah, you can. You can't think, like do it like yeah. two days in a row or like two two balls no. in a row. But, but like, I think like
1: even a team can only do so many. The same way like a catcher can only hold the ball for so but long. But if you are
0: right, if, but if you are strategic about it, let's say like you're in a you're in an at bat with a guy and it's like one and two or or two and one. You know you do and you, know, you don't want to. You're not sure what you want to throw. You want to think about things a little bit. You just say, I want a new ball. And instead of you know rushing yourself and having to pitch and risk going to three-one on a batter, You get a new ball, the clock resets, you rub down the ball, yada yada. I don't know. It, it's just one of those things you can do like once in a bat because it happens a lot as it is. So uh it could be something to watch as an exploit, maybe. I don't know. I'd be so, interested to see if it does.
1: And you know, listen, I just want to take this moment here before we throw the break. Uh to, well, two things. One, to let people know, I, I'm seeing on here that Justin's out here favoriting uh, images of people hanging out with Grady Sizemore on my Twitter. And it, it's just letting me know that. And what? <laughs> what? Justin, L. Uh, oh, no, it's that you follow someone who posted a, a comment with a Grady Sizemore picture a, on over here where I'm just like, it wasn't that you liked it. It was that you it's someone you follow uh, is posting Grady Sizemore images from this year. Um, where? I didn't even see point. that. Uh, Corey, I follow 20, them, yeah. It says you follow Oh, them.
0: Uh, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't yeah, see them, yeah, wow. yeah. You,
1: uh, there's an updated picture of Grady Sizemore, who I agree, it looks like he has the age. Um, just to continue our uh, our shout out to anyone who want to help us get in contact with Grady Sizemore, he is our white whale. We will continue to chase him. Uh, as huge fans of his, his podcast, and two, just to say, like, listen, I, I hopped on Twitter for all of three minutes to be and hopped off because everyone was going coco crazy for coco bucks coco pops about zach please sack. um no matter how you feel uh listen it, no it, it's very much how you feel because if you don't like him this was just confirmation bias it, people tend to forget like remember last year when people were like oh shane bieber what's wrong with him he's not it's pitchers work on different things please sack, it's hasn't had a lot of starts since his injury um yeah he wasn't good last year he's fine the year before that and he was really good the year before that so he's had one bad year in the last three and one average year and one great year uh don't no big decisions are based off spring training listen bobby bradley and logan allen are no longer with this team and they were the last two great spring training performance stories the best shape of their lives things uh spring training over performance only really matters in my opinion with the very young the guys who are, you know, uh, probably not even slated to make the roster or, you know, the guys like a Steven Kwan where if they make a trade for someone like Austin Meadows, he probably doesn't break camp with the team. Like that's the importance for them deciding how comfortable they feel running with a young guy or a player who's playing against competition they haven't really faced. Pitchers are working on stuff. Zach Flesak's probably not out there amped up or, you know, all the way up to where he should be, and he's working on various things. We've seen Shane Bieber mess around with new pitches during this time of year. So I just want to do the whole thing where I'm like, one of the reasons I hate spring training, I think, is because of spring training overreaction season. And it's literally been from game one. So I just want to sit back and be like, let's see what happens over the course of an entire spring training. Let's see what happens when the games actually matter. Uh, before we go a little crazy here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Don't overreact is kind of the, the whole start of things. Like, worry about guys who like have velocity drops and especially don't worry about guys who have velocity drops early on. Like Shane Bieber struggled velocity wise all year last year uh, for the most part. And he obviously the, the, the guardian spring training broadcast, for whatever reason doesn't, wasn't allowed to have um, their, their, their velocities on there. I'm not sure where that started, why that is, but other, other ones have. So like, if it's late in spring training and a guy is like throwing like two or three miles an hour slower than normal. Yeah, that would be a concern, but like tomorrow, um, you know, not, not a big deal. So, yeah, don't overreact to those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, as long as guys are healthy and getting their at-bats and getting their reps, I think it'll be fine. So, um, you know, if Zach is giving up six runs and is only facing like five like five or six batters, whatever it is, uh, how, how you know, in the last week of spring training, then, you yeah, know, that's probably a problem. But uh, not on February 25th or 26th.
1: Why don't we take a quick break here? Come back, kind of wrap up the show uh, with some more of the the talk about spring trading in general, and just some more things that are happening around baseball on today's Locked On Guardians. So, what do you want us to to tackle next? Now that have been the the party pooper, and again, I feel like my big statement is I just want to be like, I, I know people get got mad when I was like, hey. Uh, you know, let's not overreact to these injuries. So apparently, I'm the not overreact guy, but, um, but I, I just want to state again, like, spring training's weird. The, the great spring training, <laughs> break, I mean, it's when is the last time one of these like huge spring training breakout stories? Kevin Mitchell on his bike. I can go back to when I was, yeah. Even now, where it's like none of those end up working out. So,
0: well, you, I mean, you have you have situations like Stephen Kwan last year played his butt off to make the team. Yes,
1: there's things he like that. The, he wasn't the story of camp. That's the thing. Like he was more of a. Oh, hey, was he, made he, was it. he not? Really, I mean, he I, wasn't the
0: story of camp. I think he was.
1: I think last year's camp. Well, the articles were Bobby Bradley and his best shape of his life, and
0: oh, well, that kind guys. of stuff. Yeah, I, I guess. But yeah, I mean, Matt and for, Jose Ramirez uh contract were like the yes, big deals. Last yeah, year. but
1: it's like you know, I think Juan Juan was like the under the radar thing to me. Like he was like people who really follow it knew, but like I think. For the general sphere, like the people who maybe for the people who sometimes say that our show is too analytical focused, we're like, I don't think we've used a single analytic today, but like to those people who think we talk too many numbers, I
0: don't think Steve yeah. Kwan was
1: the story last year.
0: Well, come on, let us know. Cause I think he, yeah. I think him and Jose were the two biggest stories of last spring training for sure. Um, I like it
1: was is like Shane Beaver stuff. What's up with Shane Beaver?
0: Well that was said, too.
1: And like, yeah, you know, I felt like Kwan was a little bit further down the line. Uh, um, but I might have also just been dealing with all the anger every time an outfielder
0: didn't come to Cleveland. So my yeah. my view can be shaded and, by having done this show and, and you also just the general Cleveland anger. You also don't watch spring training baseball, so maybe you didn't know. Um yeah, yeah last thing we should but yeah, last thing we should touch touch on today is I think just who made the most of opportunities. So we don't want to overreact to any any one spring training performance, but it's when, when young guys, especially guys who are trying on the bubble of the roster, whether they're major leaguers, like, like when Tukey Toussaint pitches, we're going to talk about that, uh, things like that, and and prospects who make their, who play in in spring training, making the most of opportunities, I think is one thing, like you're there to open eyes and, and let coaches know you're ready to help the team out. So not necessarily reacting to um, any stats or anybody's individual at bats, but just who made the most of their, their opportunities for their playing time. Like, you know Tito told Andre not that um even though Tyler Freeman went like over 3 on on Saturday and Gabriel Arias had two hits he said I thought Freeman swung the bat as well as anybody including Arias who had two hits well there you go he didn't have a hit in the box score but coaches took notice of Tyler Freeman they didn't know he is but you know they're looking at how the quality these guys at bats and how they're doing Gabriel Arias did have two hits these guys are battling for playing time when it comes to the major league roster when it comes to April and Both could make the team. Maybe only one makes the team. So those two guys, when they're given opportunities, they want to do something good. And in the box score, Arias had two hits. Freeman did not, but Tito said they both had good at bats. So those are things you're not going to see show up. Um, The other guy I would say, Richie Palacios, he had a couple hits on Sunday. He might be a little more, uh, might have his timing down a little more than most guys because he played in winter ball. He like had no break or he did have a break and then he played at the end of January. So He's kind of ready to go, so he looked good. David Fry hit a home run just as I had written my scouting report on him, which was hilarious. Uh, I just posted it on Twitter, and he had a home run. So he's a guy who is looking to make an, a major league opportunity for himself. So him hitting a home run, that was good timing as well. And um, just you know, again, taking taking advantage. Is Jeff Cat? Jeff's cat did not take advantage of the opportunity. She no, jumped no. and fell to the floor. She's uh, that is she unfortunate. Graceful at all? That is unfortunate. Um. Hunter Gaddis looked good. His changeup looked like it was in mid-season form. Uh, it looked like he pitched like a guy who could be an impact reliever, which I thought was fun. Uh, side note there. Angel Martinez, Jeff, hit a home run. I have no idea who the home run came off against, but it was a swing on a ball that, like, he should not have gotten the barrel on, but somehow he did. And I was like, wow, that's great. It, it, it might have been an Arizona-hated hated, hated home run because of the weather and the, the that kind of stuff. I don't care. Um, whatever. Tim Heron threw his – threw the – threw the crap out of the baseball. Everyone's on Twitter took notice of that. Uh, that is uh lockdown guardians guest, Tim Heron. If you haven't listened to that podcast. Um, yeah. So that was cool. Mike Caprice. Hey, my guy, Mike Caprice, a double on Saturday and a home run on Sunday. Again, probably hit a home run off a guy who's going to get bagging groceries next week, but he hit the ball hard two times at the times to the plate. So, and he's there as an NRI. So um, not a bad thing.
1: I think uh you know listening to you talk about it, it's like you know, i'm definitely prees has all the momentum in the world after last year and like it wants to make give the guardians a really hard decision to make but yeah. i think the thing that i was most intrigued by there was um is gaddis because i think you and i both think that he could be another bullpen weapon so it's like if you know, he, he doesn't really need a third pitch with the changeup in the fastball. He has other stuff, but it's like those two alone could make him a pretty effective reliever. Um, and that changeup might be the best changeup just in C- Cleveland's, you know, majors
0: to minors. Yeah. He's going to challenge Eli Morgan. Besides Eli, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, Zavion Curry pitched well too. And I just want to say before we get out of here, uh, we're going to wrap things up at the shorter show today because we have another surprise guest coming. Um. Lockdown Guardians fantasy league. We had a lot of people responding to this more than I expected. So, um, if you have already been interested, send me a message on Twitter or, or tweet at me if you're interested or comment again on this episode, I will respond with the link and I'll get it set up. We had a lot, a lot of interest. So, um, it's going to be a roto league. There's going to be a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, I, I I'll get back to some of you with the link who I already know are interested and, um, I'll respond. If you, if you already commented on it, other on Twitter, or on YouTube, I'll go back and find it and respond to the link. So uh, just be on the lookout for that.
1: And uh, I want to thank you for listening, reading, and reviewing no after on this one today, uh, like I said, we're going to, we're going to double book it. We're going to be back to back. So we thank you all for being a part of the lockdown guardians, family slash team, as we get ready for another run to the postseason. And we'll end this one the way we always do go, go guardians, go.